Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Auto Central, South Africa's number one motoring podcast. And my name is George Mini, your host. And as usual, I'm joined by none other than Wendile Sishe. How are you, Wendy? Not too bad. Not too bad. A uh, strange week we've had, but you know, these things happen. So yeah, let's get well, it. Was it a strange week? Well, all the fires in Cape Town and, oh, you know, yes. yeah, it's, I think it's a bad time in South African, in the South African month of, uh, what are we in? April. Yeah. Yeah, it's getting cooler. Uh, yeah, the fires are a sad uh, state of affairs, and uh, you know our um, our uh, sympathies and empathy go out to oh, all those uh, you know oh, being affected yeah. by these fires. Uh, you know, you heard about the Cape Town University Library. Sad. Yeah, yeah. Some yeah. you know hundred odd year old buildings burning down. Yeah. Sad. It's, it's just. Really sad. You know, I hope the characters that uh, that were responsible for this actually get brought down. Um, it's. Uh, it's it's disgusting to say the least. But let's not focus on that. Uh, where can <laughs> listeners find the show? So you can find the show every single Monday on cliffcentral.com at nine a.m. So that's if you want to listen to the audio only. But if you want to see our faces, you can also catch us on the Auto Trader SA YouTube channel. Um, we're also streaming on Spotify as well as iTunes as soon as the show goes up. Um, and if you're watching us, don't forget to hit the like button, subscribe, and you know give us some comments. Tell us what you think. Lovely stuff. So in today's episode, thanks, Wendy. Go and smash that like button and please subscribe. Smash it, smash it. Smash it. I wonder why people say smash it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know. I, I mean, I've kind of picked it up as well. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. Anyways. Smash it anyway. <laughs> smash it. <laughs> in today's episode, in 2021, uh, what is the true cost of a new car? What does yeah. it cost to uh, manufacture and, and put it out there? And are cars getting too expensive? And mm. later in the episode, we'll also introduce our first, for the first time, a brand new entrant into the market that is threatening to shake up the Bucky market. You know, we're a Bucky nation. We are, yeah. And that is the GWM P-Series, which incidentally… Actually, yeah. Yeah. Boom. It's standing right here. Yeah. I can't wait to hear about it, fan. Mm, neither can I. And then as usual, right at the end, we will answer three burning motoring questions from our Ask Order Trader platform. Getting straight into it. This we're going to coin as the money episode. What is the real production cost of cars and are they becoming too expensive? So briefly, um, we've touched on the topic of increasing new car prices in the past. And today we want to understand what does it actually cost yeah. to manufacture a car? Let's see if we can unpack that. Yeah. We know that in the used car market, we've seen average price increases of about 8.5% at the end of last year, but that's largely as a result of, of the, the pandemic, yeah. of the, well, the, well, the pandemic and then a reducing supply of new car. Yeah. I mean, know? it's kind of, they go hand in hand. So whatever happens in new car ultimately will have an impact. impact on used. Yeah. Exactly. So, yeah. so the less new cars we sell, the less used cars are in the system, the more, the demand, the more demand there is for used. Yeah the higher the prices, prices get. Are, yeah. So it is in our best interest to actually stimulate new car demand. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, um, on the on the flip side, though, new cars that have been financed, the average price of a financed new car has increased by just over 9%. Yeah, which is higher than inflation. Yes, yeah, so higher than inflation, but it just means that people are buying more expensive cars. Does it, does it really mean that the price of the car has gone up? But on the flip side of that is new car, actual new car prices on average have risen by 9.6% in reality. Yeah. And that's, I think, is something that we need to kind of unpack a bit later. 
Why? Why has that happened? Why is, yeah. And uh, while no automaker reveals its figures, uh, the final estimation of a car's price has plenty of ifs, buts, and I'm pretty sure that it's a pretty competitive environment. It's not like they're making massive amounts of profit. I don't think that that is the case in the long run. Um, no, I, I mean, the thing is, I think when we're looking at new car price changes over time, uh, the last time we kind of did this, what we found is that it's not necessarily the cars are getting more expensive. They're actually moving with the times. But in South Africa, what's really hitting us is the fact that the rand is not as strong. Well, we have a, we have a volatile currency. We don't have yeah. a, we don't have a, um, <clears throat> a hard, what's referred to as a hard currency. We, yeah. you know, our currency is very much dependent on, on other currencies in the world. So, yeah. um, but the general rule is that the larger the car and the bigger the production volume, the more cost effective yeah, it is to manufacture. You can only imagine that. I mean, once you're halfway through making a sedan, if you go a little bit further, mm. you're kind of already in the process of making a car. If you just go bigger like this, this Bucky here, it's going to be a little bit cheaper. Yeah. Well, yes, especially if the volume's up. Yeah. And, uh, and building a concept car or a limited number. I mean, you think about Tesla right at the beginning building that Roadster. Yeah, yeah. Not many of them sold. Yeah. And it's much more expensive to put that car out on the road because you've got low production volumes and low also demand volumes. For some of the high-end brands like Porsche or the Koenigseggs, they have to do crash tests with these million uh, dollar cars and it, it starts adding up. Whereas if the car's a bit cheaper to to produce, crashing it is not going to be that much of a you know, an impact. Let's crash all the cheap cars is what you're saying. Well, I mean, crash all the cars. <laughs> please crash all of them because you are safe. Uh, yeah, safety is important. So, uh, so I mean, what we've managed to dig up is that yeah. uh, building a car depends on really two sets of expenses. Yeah. What are those two sets of expenses? Fixed costs and okay. variable costs. Okay. okay. So briefly, uh, Wendy, if you had to guess a percentage, how much would you say is the gross profit on the average new car? Taking in consideration production and kind of what we've just unpacked, it, I'd, I'd like to think it's not much, um, but I understand that business is business. So 10% maybe per vehicle? Don't know. <laughs> Don't know. I, I, I think, uh, you know, I mean, these, these, these uh, manufacturers are businesses at the end of the day and they, yeah, don't, yeah. they don't make those numbers public. But, uh, you know, from what I've heard in the South African market, yeah. the, the, the profit on a new car at dealership level anyway yeah. is low single digits. It's low. At dealership level. At dealership level, yeah. <clears throat> exactly. So, uh, so you can even imagine it doesn't probably go up much north, you know, north of that yeah. or, uh, for manufacturers. Um, Definitely, yeah. because there's this one element called fixed costs. So okay. you can imagine, uh, you've got a manufacturing plant. Yeah. And whether you manufacture one car or whether you ma- manufacture a million cars, that the cost of running that factory is the same, same. Yeah. at a certain level. So it's not as efficient, right? It's not as efficient. You've got to pay all the people that are there. Yeah. You've got to pay the rent or pay for the building. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's one of the costs. So, so testing and prototyping a vehicle means that you've got to be in for those costs up front. Anyways, regardless of how many vehicles you, and they, they fix, they're not going to change. They're not going to change. Yeah. Even if you make a kind of an update of a vehicle. I mean, a lot of that research and development's already been done the first time around. So that's kind of the benefit of long running models. Exactly. Um, but yeah, so that's definitely one aspect of it. Would you say that that is a significant portion of, I guess, what people pay end up paying? I mean, I would imagine that the fixed cost of manufacturing a vehicle is one of the biggest portions. 
Yeah. And, and, and a lot, I would say, goes down to the R&D that goes into that manufacturing, or yeah. should I say, into that design process. Yeah, I mean, you have to differentiate yourself now. And unfortunately, those margins from OEM to OEM are so tiny. They're tiny because there's lots of competition. development becomes paramount um, yes. to differentiate yourself. Well, you've got to constantly update. I mean, if you think of the last 100 years, yeah. you know, Henry Ford found a way to bring down uh, uh, the variable cost of mm. the car. By just doing the, well, mass production, essentially. Well, it was the, it was the assembly line. Yeah. That's yeah. what, uh, that's what you did. So that's fixed cost. And, um, and fixed cost will be the same whether you, as we said, manufacture one or whether you, man- whether you manufacture a million vehicles. So as an example, uh, the first generation of cars, a brand new kind of mm-hmm. car coming into the market mm-hmm. will have a higher fixed cost allocated to it than a second generation. Like look at the Toyota Prius as an example. The, the second generation uh, would be much, cost much less than this, than the first generation because it's the same platform being used. It's just yeah. an updated car. And it's usually just an interior updates um, and some cosmetic changes on the outside. But I mean, the, the platform and the base is pretty much there. So you've got to ask yourself, is the first generation of a car a loss making unit? I think it, Sometimes can be can depending be, exactly. on how popular the vehicle is, yeah. So, so, so maybe sometimes manufacturers are relying on the fact that they can get mass adoption of the first generation and then start to make money off the second generation. Yeah. Because that's true for electric vehicles. I mean, you have to, at the end of the day, you have to answer to your investors, right? They're going to give you X amount of money for R&D and you have to kind of make it back. Um, and if it's not popular, then there's no way you'll be able to make the second round. And exactly. I think a lot of people can kind of accept the fact that, you know, it's expensive. It's a risk, it's yeah, a it's, risk it's, and it's, it's inexpensive. Yeah. But uh, but electric vehicles, electric vehicles mm-hmm. um, in the world today, and any vehicle under I think it was I heard thirty five thousand US dollars. Okay, is actually under cost to manufacture that vehicle. How much does the Tesla go for? Uh, the Model Three, I think it's about thirty five. Yeah, I think it's actually exactly that. But before it wasn't that much. So I know that they were making the loss for. A long time. A long time. Yes. But now the production volumes yeah. have now made them, made their variable costs come down. And let's, and let's move on to variable costs. So, so variable costs are the cost of raw materials, labor, maintenance, and utilities within the factory, like electricity, yeah. um, and other related costs that go up or come down depending on the volume of vehicles produced. Okay. Okay. So now we have these two little <coughs> different things. So the variable costs essentially can change. It changes all the time. Yes. Okay. So, for instance, um, uh, you can imagine running a uh, assembly robot, yeah. which uses electricity. Yeah. You're going to use more electricity the longer that robot is running. It's running. So that's a variable cost. It goes up and it comes down. So, uh, so these are variable costs in the cost of a vehicle. So then, so then, what is the breakdown? So we've kind of done some digging and try to find the breakdown of. Uh, the various costs in terms of fixed or variable costs within a vehicle. And uh, so what is a cost? According to a 2012 study, automobile, automobile industry retail price equivalent and indirect cost multipliers. That's the name of the study. The breakdown of the costs were as follows. Raw, this. raw materials and prices of the parts made up 57% of the total price of the car. Well, so this, cost price, the car. this is not, this is not the, the well, cost of I, production. I, I, think it, I, I think it's the cost of production. 57% of the cost. Or maybe it's the price because there's a profit margin in there, right? I think so. I think it's, uh, yeah, I think it would be the, the total price of the vehicle 57% comes from. I don't just, think the 57 changes whether you use one number or another because the profit yeah. margins, as we said right at the beginning, are so small. They're so small anyways, yeah. So if you use the retail price of the car, maybe that percentage is lower. If you use the cost of the car, maybe it's a little bit higher. Yeah. Okay, so 57% raw materials. R&D, 
development, engineering, and the running uh, and running facilities. Sixteen percent of the total cost of a vehicle. Okay, so we can see why the margins aren't that big. Well, as far as the study goes. Yeah, and in this study, the advertising. Now, don't forget advertising costs because yeah. there's no point in making a widget and nobody knows about it. Exactly. I think it's. I, I would think it's pretty high. Well, especially if it's a first generation vehicle. 15,600, we converted this into rands. 15,600 rand per unit on average. If you're making a million units, that's, um, that number goes up. Exactly. Well, I mean, I, I would, I would guess that the, the more, the more units you want to sell, the more you've got a market. Yeah. But I mean, if you sell all of that, that's how you can kind of, uh, you know, beat that system. Yeah. Almost. So if you think about the average price of a car today in excess of 300,000 rand, what's the average price of a, of a new car in South Africa today? About 356,000. 350. I don't know. You know, this is an, this is an international study. So we've just converted this into rands. Average dealership markup is about 20,000 rand. That's why it's important that you have a vehicle, longstanding brands like Hilux, where you don't have to necessarily go as hard in spending 15,000 for them. It could be, I don't know, 8,000, 5,000. Well, units. yes, exactly. And, uh, uh, um, and if you think about a car, three, four hundred thousand rand car and spend and, and, and making 20,000 rand off that, that's 5%. Yeah. Margin. Mm. And I would think it's less than that. Yeah. Uh, um, on average, this Probably is an international is. study, especially yeah. in South Africa with the, uh, with the stuff that we've, um, kind of uh, dug up, yeah. Well, the, 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 the challenges that we face in, in the rand dollar exchange rate. So, so in summary, uh, how would you sum up what we've uh, what we've spoken about, Wendy? I think it goes hand in hand with when we looked at new car price changes. Um, I think, yes, cars are getting a little bit more expensive um, across used and new. I think new is getting a lot more expensive. A lot more expensive, definitely a lot more expensive. But I think we have to understand that the only reason we can get these new vehicles, which are safer, by the way, which are more comfortable, uh, which are just better, um, as if they do go up, there's lots of research that goes into these vehicles, and ultimately they're trying to keep us safe and give us freedom. Um, well, there's one so way to bring the, the price down, right? And what is that? But buy more cars. Buy more cars, and you know, reduce the taxes that we're paying on them. Well, there's the another one. So you know, we got to get a we got to get a stable economy to get a stable currency, so Definitely. that because that impacts the ability to import, and then the taxes on the import of these cars or the import of the parts themselves to assemble or build them. Yeah. Uh, you know, we have to begin working with government to bring those down. Um, Affordability, so, I think, is the main concern here. Not necessarily the price of cars, but can people actually afford it? And kind of that balancing act, I think, is what's going to potentially threaten um, any car markets globally. Exactly. So I think I think we can safely conclude that uh, OEMs. It's not about greed. No, they're not making. <laughs> it's not the man who's like yeah. Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're not making a bomb here. They're they're, yeah. they're they're it's a volume game, and yeah. uh, and they're trying to innovate to make things better and better and better all the That's time. time. Definitely. So I suppose that's all we have time for on uh, um, our uh, money episode. What is the real production cost of cars? And I hope you uh, you got something out of that. Yeah, um, and uh, we're going to take a short break. And yeah. when we come back, we're going to have our very own expert journalist, uh, Lauren Mini, no relation, uh, <laughs> to uh, review the 2021 GWM P-Series, which is standing right here in our studio uh, alongside us. Uh, see you in a sec. All right. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, uh, we are kindly joined by none other than Lawrence Meany, our expert journalist at Auto Trader, to uh, join us to talk about the 2021 GWMP series. Now, uh, Lawrence, South Africa is a bucky nation. 
I mean, we know lucky searches are through the sky, the Ford Ranger, the Toyota Hilux. Um, and, uh, and today we're sitting with a very different vehicle in the studio that you've uh, tested. I don't know how you got this thing in here. It, uh, it, it, wasn't, drifted it in. wasn't that easy, but yes. Right? You, you drifted it in. Uh, that's probably one of the, what can I say about this vehicle is, is it is so surprising. Yeah. And that's probably one of the things is it surprised me how easily it was to maneuver in here. Usually double cabs have got the turning circle of a cruise ship, but this one actually turns on a dime. It's actually surprising. Yeah. So it's funny because we've had a few new buckies that have come into the South African markets, uh, trying to steal from some of, you know, the legacy brands. Well, I mean, Mercedes, uh, yeah, they tried Mercedes bucky and failed. Um, well, we don't know why because they were too expensive. Well, we're is just talking about of, cost. This yeah. is the money episode. So is kind of price the biggest differentiator between this and the legacy brands, or is this something that everyone should kind of consider? Absolutely. Um, the first thing is, of course, that similarly spec vehicle. Yeah. Same engine, same sort of drivetrain layout. There's about 150 to 200,000 rand price difference between this and a similarly spec vehicle. I'm assuming this is cheaper. Yes. But why? <laughs> I suppose it comes down to uh, manufacturing costs um, and the fact that they've managed to put together a package that is equivalent to... Um, what you can get from you know, other brands like Ford, Ford and, or Toyota, and Toyota. So, but but is it is it like Ford and Toyota, or is it? I mean, I remember years back yeah. where uh, you know Tata came into the into the market, and yeah. and you know, so, I mean, today Tata is a strong brand. They're huge. They're yeah, huge. Yeah, but in everybody India. laughed. Yeah. You in know. India, yeah. Um, the 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 thing here is. Um, these guys, uh, GWM, they're not going to dethrone Ford and Toyota in, in any hurry. But boy, oh boy, are they close. Really? This vehicle is right up there. Um, it has a few idiosyncrasies. It's, it's like um, the guys over in China. They got the recipe. They made the cake. The secret sauce. And it's just, it's just not quite there yet. But I think with the next incarnation, once they've polished a few things, um, yeah, it's going to be something. If they can keep it at the same price... Oh, yeah. Yes, it, it's going to be their arrival. Um, when it comes to uh, South African brand bias, um, yeah, of course, it's always it's going gonna... to be uh, Ford and Toyota. So what power plant does this have in it? It has a two-liter single-turbo diesel. Turbocharged. Yes. Turbo diesel. Okay, so it's uh, so it's pretty sluggish off the mark, but once the turbo gets going, oh, yes. it gets going. It lights up the rear yeah. wheels. Um, Eight-speed ZF gearbox. Mm. So Automatic? Yes. And... Uh, a Borg and Warner 4x4 system. What does that mean? So <laughs> That's a good this is, okay, it, uh, there's a differentiating line when it comes to um, the equipment level that Chinese automotive manufacturers will fit to their vehicles. Um, a lot of their stuff is off the shelf, made locally. Yeah. Locally here or locally there? Locally, locally there. there. Okay. So the quality is always called into question. But now what you have in the underpinnings of this thing is essentially what you would find in any vehicle that's made in Europe. Okay. And you know, when we go back to the design of the vehicle. When you look at the GWM Steed, which this is going to be replacing, square, mm. boxy, yeah. very... I don't like that. The, the, yeah, the yeah, very like farm <laughs> vehicle-ish. This, this now has those rounded lines that we've come to expect from luxury double yeah. cabs. It looks soft and comfortable to drive, and it is. I mean, we, 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 film, we filmed the vehicle yesterday, um, and we bombed it up a mountain in the Mechadisburg. Wow. 
and so it's, it's capable. And four it's by four capable. Absolutely, one hundred percent. So um, it's got it's got uh, diff lock, four wheel drive, um, all the trimmings. Wow. So what really yeah. kind of you know on top of that? So yeah, it's capable. But what really really threw me off was the interior. Oh yes, and that's probably the the. I, I suppose where the, the the cake gets a little bit messy um, because you <laughs> have it, things is it like plasticky. No, you have a quilted leather interior with um, you know chrome. Okay, so just remind us, quilted leather versus. Uh, so it has that diamond stitching yeah, pattern okay. on, on the doors on the seats. It has heated seats, uh, three hundred and sixty degree camera. Um, you have lane keep assist, um, uh, adaptive cruise control, uh, forward collision alert. So it has all the bells and whistles that you would normally find in a luxury vehicle. So what do they go for? Uh, so this is five hundred and forty-four thousand nine hundred rand, with a five-year, hundred thousand kilometer warranty and service. Okay, so just remind me, competition to this is uh, well, the closest one would be uh, something like a any any one of the the, the Ford or Hilux vehicles that has a two-liter single turbo. Most of them are now moving towards their two-liter uh, bi turbo. Mm. Um, for the same sort of options, how much would you pay for that? Seven hundred twenty thousand. So that's where you get your two hundred thousand rand from. Yeah. yeah. So where have they where have they found the money to do this? <laughs> or are they making a loss? And that's the the kicker. If you look closely, you start to see where they've shaved the money. Oh. Um, my, probably my biggest bugbear and the reason why I'm going to score the vehicle uh, the way I do is the steering wheel. Uh, you, you get in the vehicle and that's your touch point. That's your your main interaction with the vehicle. And they've gone and thrown this. Rubber bus steering wheel in it. It looks terrible. <laughs> bus steering wheel, and it, it, it unfortunately detracts from everything else that they've done. That's so nice. Yeah, you know. Um, but is a is a steering wheel that? I mean, is it yes. is it that expensive? Um, and that's the the, the the reason why I say, in maybe in the next incarnation when they decide to put something a little bit more chunky and actually leather wrapped, mm. um, with you know, the thing has paddle shifters in it, so yeah. it gives you an idea. Yeah. You know, they've got paddle shifters on the back of this rubber steering wheel, and it, it really, it, it's, it detracts. Other than that, you know, build quality is excellent. Ride quality is excellent. It is very capable on and off-road. Um, and I really, I, I, I cannot stress more than if you're in the market for a double cap, go and drive one of these. Don't just push it off to the side and say, ah, it's a Chinese, Chinese. Go and drive it, and I promise you, you'll be it's, it's blown like the, out of your socks. It's like the Haval. I mean, they, they, they're very popular. The SUVs. And now this is the yeah. kicker. If you go and you look at the interior of this vehicle, it's Haval. It's Haval. It's Haval uh, H9. They pulled the interior and all the fittings from Haval H9. And put it in there. And put it in there. And then that is the drive that you get. It's absolutely fantastic. Well, then, uh, uh, finally, uh, uh, Lawrence, how would you score this car out of 10? I was heading towards a 7.5, but I'm going to go with a 7 because, unfortunately, you know, there's a the, the, the couple of little touch points and, of course, the steering wheel, which just ruined it for me, mm. um, it's going to get a 7. Well, the other car that we've scored a 7 in, uh, in its category has been the VW Amarok. And this is actually better than that base model Amarok. At a much better price. At a much better price, yeah. Interesting stuff. Well, there we go, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Our very own uh, Lawrence Mini scoring the GWM P-Series, standing right here behind us uh, at a round number seven, um, which then scores the same score as the VW Amarok uh, that Lawrence, in fact, reviewed uh, yeah. way back when. Uh, I'm a Bucky guy, so I, I've driven just about everything that there is out there, and yeah, this is up there. This is actually it's beating the Isuzu D-Max at the moment. Wow. 
Wow. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for uh, uh, your time, uh, Lawrence. And uh, it's a pleasure. As usual, go to Autotrader's platform, go and read Lawrence's review, uh, his expert review on uh, this vehicle, the uh, GWMP series, as well as many others. You can go and read up about the uh, VW Amarok, um, mm. the D Max, the everything Hilux, Ranger. All of it. Works. Go to autotrader.co.za and go and uh, read up about it and you'll see their opinions um, on these yeah. vehicles and go and make up your own mind yeah. and then let us know. Go onto social media and uh, and tell us. So uh, as usual, Lawrence, thank you for your time. We'll see you just now. Always a pleasure. Thanks, James. Thanks, Lawrence. Well, welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, and there you have it, uh, Wandy, the GWMP series. Uh, yeah. What did you think? Um, I, I like it. I like it a lot. Um yeah, I mean, compared to everything else that's on the market at that price, you know. I'm not a bucky person, so uh, I'll take your word for it. But uh, in saying that, everyday people send auto traders some motoring-related questions all about car buying and car selling. So uh, now Wendy and I will attempt to answer three of those burning questions. Wendy, what's the first question? First question this week comes from Mohammed, um, who blankly said, Hi, I'm looking for Bajaj. I was directed to auto trader. I've seen this trending, and I'd like to know if there is any. So I don't know if you've been following the news, but this is that car that's essentially 150 rand per month. Um, and it's making waves and people are looking for it on Autotrader. Well, uh, uh, sadly, I haven't seen the Bajaj for sale. Have you? Um, not on Autotrader, uh, not on any platform really, except mm. their website. It's kind of new. It's from India. Yeah. Um, and they just kind of came in here trying to, you know, it's banned in many countries. Um, just if, if, if there's any red flags, I think that should be telling you why. Um, it's so, you know, rare. <laughs> well, we haven't seen it, but, uh, uh Mohammed, you can go to, uh, Africa Bajaj. That's Africa, B-A-J-A-J dot com and, uh, go and find out for yourself. But, uh, more than that, we unfortunately can't tell you. Mm. Next question, Wendy. Next question comes from Gamogelo, who's asking, how long will the dealership process, how long will the dealership process my application? Have been waiting for more than three days. Well, Kamachela, you, you know, honestly shouldn't be waiting more than three days. There's got yeah, to be something wrong. Strange. What I would encourage you to do is phone up the dealership and, uh, and find out what the holdup is. Yeah. Um, it's probably not the dealership. It could be something else with the bank, uh, with or the bank the process, or, uh, you know, it, it, it shouldn't take that long to get bank finance approval. Yeah. Um, you know, so, uh, so if I were you, call up the dealership, uh, go visit them and, um, and go and find out what the problem is. Could maybe a uh, potential blacklisting or anything like that, uh, you know, kind of impact that process? Well, well then at least kind of, you know, find out. Find if, out. That's the case, yeah. if that's the case, then, uh, you know, yeah. maybe, um, um, well, hopefully your paperwork hasn't got lost somewhere. And that could be, I was actually thinking that's probably the, you know, what happened here. But hey. Yeah. Kamachela, best thing, find out the dealership, you know, find out what's going on. Alternatively, go on to autotrader.ca, go search for a new car or another car. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Another dealership. Or, yeah, yeah you'll, exactly. You'll your car. Definitely. All right. Last question comes from Matlatsi who's asking, why is it that ladies that are on maternity leave but still fully employed cannot attain or obtain car finance? This one's strange. Uh, Matlatsi, um, I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. That doesn't sound right. No. Uh, you know, being no. pregnant shouldn't be a reason for you not to get finance. No. I mean, if it's a case that you're, on, that you're on maternity leave and you're not earning an income, that's a different thing. So it's got very little to do with the fact that you're pregnant and it yeah. got a lot to do with affordability. Well, it says yeah, that she's still fully employed. She's still, you know, kind of working for the company. 
So, so then, if there's uh, then if the issue is no loss of income, then uh, then this shouldn't be the case at all. Nobody should tell you, in my in my opinion, anyway. I don't know what you think, Wendy. I don't think anywhere in the world, uh, you know, that would be some sort of factor that's going to determine if you can finance a vehicle or not. Based on being pregnant, Come it's on. strange. It's <laughs> No, that's weird. It's just, it's not right. (laughs) More than anything else, it's not right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's all we have time for. Uh, It's been real. My name is George Meany, and I've, I've, as usual, been joined by Wandile Sishi uh, at your episode of Auto Central. Catch you next time. Sounds good.